1: Ah.
2: Hey everybody, I'm Rima.
3: And I'm Pink.
2: And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show, The Midnight Club.
3: Today we are covering the fifth episode titled, See You Later.
2: You know, I saw that title uh well when we read it last week and it seemed yeah. ominous considering the content of the show, but uh it actually turned out pretty cool. Yeah what, you, yeah. what do you think?
3: I had to remind myself of that. I was like it's it's the title of the story being told. <laughs> so maybe it's right. maybe it's fine. Maybe we're
2: <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't it's not goodbye, right? Not goodbye.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: This was a pretty interesting um episode i thought it like you said the the title of these episodes are also coincide with the title of the story that one of our characters tell each week and this one was um Amish's uh, story it was his his turn and uh but I, I really did have to think about that i was like you know um kind of worried um, yeah. for some of our characters but i thought this was interesting his story was certainly not what I expected, and I, I, it took me a hot minute to wrap my brain around it. What did you think about this episode this week?
3: I, th- I thought it was really good. There was definitely some extra, you know, bonus side stuff that was thrown in that we'll, we'll talk about. I clearly have points for different things. Yeah. Um I thought really interesting. But, yeah, I I love the continued just focusing on certain characters and really getting you connected to them and kind of getting to understand who they are and kind of what their thought processes are and what they're dealing with. Cause these stories are definitely these characters telling about themselves and really,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know, bringing things to light. And I think that's really cool that it continues to do that. And th- it focuses on different characters Because you know, Amesh has been a really fun character to see. And, you know, he's made some great jokes and he's got a great personality, but it's like, it's really cool to just see, you know, in his head a little bit.
2: Yeah. I agree. I agree. It was it was fun and interesting not what I expected, but super fun and some fun surprises uh along the way. So yeah, it, and it just and then of course the central plot obviously too um you know really kind of moving things ahead. And we so this is the fifth episode, so we're at the halfway point. Um yeah.
3: It's great. it doesn't so, even feel like it, but yeah.
1: <laughs> no.
2: No it doesn't. So Anyway, well, let's go ahead and talk about it. Uh, like you said, we've got a lot of points and some notes to cover about this this week's episode. I know I do too. So why don't you go ahead and kick us off?
3: All right, uh, my first one will be short and sweet, literally, because that's what I would. <laughs> that's how I would, rec- uh, you know, define <laughs> Sheree is short and oh, sweet. Uh- <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's
2: funny. She's no, my um, first one too.
1: Yeah, it's funny. nice.
3: Yeah, and it's it's quick just because I just it's a few little things, but it was I loved her in this episode. She didn't have a whole lot to do, but what she did was really cool. Uh she was just like I said, very just very sweet and and thoughtful. Uh you know, it starts with this surprise measuring of Alonka's head, which was very strange, um, without context. <laughs> it was so
1: bizarre. Just, you know, just, shut just that like, door what in are her you face. Doing? <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh yeah it's like it ends up being a very incredible you know incredibly sweet gesture but at first yeah you're you're kind of like with alonka you're like what was that what are you planning (laughs) what's going on what is that was weird uh but yeah but she reached out and got this wig made for alonka which was just so sweet and thoughtful and she did it literally because you mentioned it that's what it was is i remember you know and was it last episode? I think, you know, with the, mm-hmm. when they sent Kevin off to prom and they just got to talking her and Alonka stayed out there on the porch and she just mentioned, you know, think about the things we don't have. And she's like, you know, I just miss my hair. And it was like a throwaway little comment, but Cherie yeah. took it and ran with it. Uh, I did notice because she said, yeah, when I measured your head last week. And so I was like, oh man, time is where is time on this show? That was a week ago already. Like where are we?
2: <laughs> and let's remember we're in the nineties. There's no like prime two day shipping happening here. Uh, especially right. because this was supposed to have come from Italy, right?
3: Yeah. Like she.
2: So how had did- it shipped from that. this.
3: Yeah. It's like, if the whole Molly Blake wig maker story is true, uh, holy crap. Um, I, I still want to know a whole lot more about Sheree. Cause like girls got connections. Uh, no kidding. I mean, if what she says is true, like she said, if it's this like world renowned wig maker to the stars for their red carpet appearances and whatever, and she made this one as a favor for Cherie, like, wow, you've got big connections. Also, did you just find some, whatever the <laughs> older 90s version of Etsy is, that somebody that makes wigs and just <laughs> made up that whole story? You know, I don't know. We, we, we've left to believe with Cherie, there's like, what she says is it true or not, however, I'm leaning the more that I see her, I'm kind of leaning more towards like, what if everything all these crazy stories and things she said are just legitimately true, and she just laughs mm-hmm. it off when people don't believe her because it's just like, huh, that's fine, you don't have to believe me because I know it's like, what if everything she said is the complete truth because it was then you know at the on the on the beach with the PlayStation, that's the one that coming exactly. through big. Yeah, she did get unmatched the PlayStation months before it's supposed to come out. And I was like, that is one that's huge because we know, I mean, he had his whole speech about that in group therapy about like grieving, Mm -hmm. you know, grieving things that you won't have or that you've lost. So we know how much that means to him and for her to be able to just, oh, yeah, I got that covered. Like you even see Spence's face like his face says it all like, wait a minute. Like (laughs) she legitimately has hookups like. (laughs) Yeah. That's legendary level connection. How did you Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. I I that was something. So yeah, it's it's funny kind of watching her how she I, I now need to go back and rewatch and make a list of all of the like silly things that she said that no one has believed and they're always like, Oh, you just can't right. believe anything she says. She makes things up. And every time someone kind of calls her out on it, she'll just kind of either shrug her shoulders or just kind of laugh it off and be like, "Well, whatever." Um,
1: right.
2: So now I need to go back and make a list and just say, "Oh, these are all the things. What if they were true?" Because you're right, mm-hmm. and and maybe maybe whomever made this wig isn't this super famous wig maker, but still, it, she's got contact somewhere. Someone made this wig right. because it was like custom made somehow for. Um, for Ilanka, So, how did that happen? But yeah, like you said, what really pulled it through was how the hell would she have gotten her hands on this PlayStation? Yeah. You know, months before its release. And she just casually drops, oh, well, yeah, you know, my dad's in Japan and got <laughs> connections. And clearly there are some connections in her um, family somewhere. So, right. I, I agree with you. I love that we got a little bit more of Sherry. You know, this week, and she, I think she was really a standout for me in this episode yeah. because of, like you said, her kindness just really blew me away. I thought it was so sweet, you know, uh, her—well, I mean, both of her interactions with um, Amesh and uh, with Alonka. I thought, you know, she was just so sweet. She's just like, oh, just because, you know, you mentioned it, and she just hugs her, um, and I just thought it was a, the, the nicest thing. I'm still not clear on why she makes up some of these stories. Again, maybe she does or doesn't. Maybe she really is telling the truth, and everyone else just thinks they're so outrageous they couldn't be true. Um, but she really came through for Alonka and Amesh. You know, that wig was super sweet. You know, when she actually, like you said, this throwaway line from Alonka, and that stood out to her. And that that moment really made me tear up. When she presented mm-hmm. it to her, you know, she's going on about oh she's here this great wig and she's talking about you know Molly and her being famous and her mom and all these things and Alonka just like happy thinking for Sherry thinking that's her wig right mm-hmm. um and then and she's like well you know it's it's for you and she's like what and I loved <laughs> Sherry was like um. Oh and, and you know, and I, uh, after I had snuck into your room and stole those pictures of you, yeah. or whatever, and, and just said it so casually, and Alonka goes, "Wait, what? You did what?" You did. And then she just kept, did What? <laughs> she, Sherry just kept talking, and I just i oh. I was crying, and then I was laughing, um, mm-hmm. just because Sherry is just such an oddball. And and yeah, when she shut the door in Alonka's face, when she just randomly chatting with her measures her head, shuts the door on her, and it's just like. What just happened? You know, what just happened? So I really like her. I like that she's a little eccentric. I like she's, you know, a little different, but you can tell she's got such a good heart and that we haven't seen yet until this episode. So I thought it was super sweet that moment with Alonka and then with, uh, you know, a mesh there at the beach um, because she really paid attention to the things that, you know, they had on their list, like a mesh, like you said, had it on his. I'm going to call it bucket list, said things to do before I die, or things that he not that, but
3: yeah, uh, things that he was calls board. it the BID list. Or,
2: yeah.
3: Oh, that's his other thing. Yeah, with yeah, uh, maybe a different thing. Yeah, the the before I die list, but then yeah, the group therapy thing was yeah, like a what are you grieving in your life, and then you know it kind of turned into that,
2: right? Yeah, you can I was- grieve.
3: Uh, you know, experiences and things that you haven't experienced, you know, you can grieve things for the future too.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I had mixed the two lists or things and events, but, but yeah, so it was, you know, and it's been interesting because she's, she has spoken, she's had dialogue, she's had some interactions, but it's been really small and clearly she's a very observant person. She's sat back and paid attention, you know, and really taken note. You know, of her, you know, fellow, you know, um, I'm not sure this group of them, if you will, in the in the hospice. So thought it was really nice. So, yeah, I'm right yeah. there with you. It was definitely she was standout for me this episode.
3: Yeah, I'd, I'd like to dig into her more. I know they did mention she's like the only one that she's never told a story at Midnight Club. She's the mm-hmm. one that doesn't. And so, you know, she doesn't. I don't I don't want to say she doesn't talk much because that's not true. She loves to tell stories, <laughs> just not at Midnight Club, is what they say. You know, right. she's constantly telling all kinds of crazy tales, but Yeah, but she's just very like, oh yeah, blah, 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 about it. but she doesn't really put herself and her like real thoughts and her real feelings out there much. You really don't get to see much of that. But you do learn through this episode that I means she's always listening for sure. Mm-hmm. She's paying attention.
2: Yeah, absolutely. She's not just a uh, because she has seemed up to like to this point a little dingy to me like she's just mm-hmm. like oh you know i'm just you know whatever not really paying attention and you know you don't really know what she's thinking um but now it's kind of evident she does think of other people and mm-hmm. not just like about herself and she really pays attention and stuff so you know it takes a special person to really remember things like that and take note and you know, to go to the trouble that she did, you know, for them to just, you know, make someone's life a little easier, you know, or a little better or a little bit more enjoyable with the time that they have left, you know, um, it was a beautiful, beautiful gesture for both uh, of the characters. So it was really nice. Uh, Well, I know that she was also my point. I'll just, I'll skip ahead to my next one um, just so we're not because we're probably still gonna overlap as we move ahead. Mm-hmm. I it's a brief, brief mention. You might have more points that you want to add to it. Um, but I wanna say that I just I really liked um Amish's the way that he decided to celebrate his death day. That, yeah. that was really interesting. That uh you know, that that marked the occasion of like a year ago he had been told that he was going to die. And um I mean, one, I can't imagine ever getting news like that and to also be the age of these kids to be hearing that and having your life cut Mm -hmm. so short and not having even had a life but to say, oh, by the way, you've only got a year to live. Um, And then not just that, but then having to deal with your illness and your sickness and all the symptoms and things that come with it. And so I really liked how he has chosen to celebrate, you know, this day and Whatever days he's got left, and i I like that he burned his suit because it's so not him, you know that suit yeah. was was so not fitting for his character and uh so I like the ceremony that they decided to have. I like that everyone got together. I like that they were at the beach. I mean, hey, happy death day, let's go have some edibles, you know, on the beach right so, <laughs> you know,
3: why so not? invite me to that party I'm in one hundred percent i'm in uh, it looked
2: it looked like a ton of fun you know, for, for all of them. So I really liked mm-hmm. his attitude and his approach. And, um, I just, I liked seeing everyone together kind of celebrating that. So I just, I wanted to kind of call that out because I thought it was really cool and I really like his attitude about it. And it just, it was so meaningful and, you know, definitely kind of gets you in the feels a little okay. bit. For sure. So, yeah. So that's, yeah. that's my first one. Did you have, what's your next one?
3: Um, You know, I'll add to that because I've got that as a point is just, yeah, this death day celebration because um, it really was. It's a, it's, a, it's not celebrating the day he was told he's going to die. It's them celebrating the fact that it is that day and he's still thriving. He's still kicking. Right. So I think that's really cool. Uh, he He wrote the whole speech. For Spence to give. Spence <laughs> is giving the speech, but Am- unesh wrote. Some
2: it. eulogy, yeah.
3: Stick to stick to the stick to the script, uh, Spence. It was, <laughs> it was funny. As he's like mouthing along the whole thing as Spence is reading it. Uh, I think that was really funny. Uh when uh, Natsuki shows up a little bit late. I mean, she's been in a bad place mentally. I'm sure we may mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but you know, it shows that even what she's been struggling with that's the love and the care that she has for a is she's showing up for this. Yeah. And you see, you know, that he appreciates that effort and the way he, his face lights up when he sees her walking like up to the beach it was kind of, we get that throughout the whole episode. There's kind of that, you know, uh, that pairing between the, them. There's a lot, you feel that chemistry and that spark there a lot between them, but definitely, I mean, just the way his face lights up when she, he sees her and you're like, Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> And you mentioned, yeah, uh, the, the suit, which, yeah, I kind of read that as, yeah, this ritual is kind of symbolizing that he's on his own new time. mm
1: mm-hmm. You know,
3: because his parents had picked that suit out for him to be buried in, and he said, well, I've reached the day that that was supposed to happen, and it didn't. So, now I'm off that plan. Every day is more precious than ever, so I've got to thrive as myself fully each new day, so... Yeah. Out with that plan, let's do, do a different one. Uh so I do like that. And then yeah, the uh, Amesh had getting high on that B I D list. Uh, <laughs> so pot brownies it is. I do have to wonder how they procured the special ingredient of the evening. Uh Curious.
1: <laughs> not quite is sure. Is that
2: also growing out in the forest <laughs> along with Probably
3: <laughs> you know, everything else
2: out there? I mean, yeah. why not? But it, it was I did think that. I was like, how did these teenagers get a hold of that. Have, who's, yeah. who's, who's the resource for that?
3: Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's in the same place that Anya got those uh, all dressed Ruffles potato chips. Um, <laughs> Cause I saw that I saw, I paused it to take a note about the like pot brownies. And then I happened to pause at the right moment where I saw what chips Anya was eating. And I was like, oh, Ruffles all dressed. Cause those are some of my absolute favorite. They're amazing. However, here's the thing. And I wonder if it go- ties into some weirdness about this show. Or if it was just like kind of a goof, or if it's on purpose, it makes me wonder. Because all dressed ruffles, uh, it's a Canadian staple in in flavor and in chips. they I love them. There's so much, but it's ketchup, barbecue, sour cream and onion, and salt and vinegar all combined into one thing. Oh my, They're real interesting. Yeah,
2: um, I think I've had those, but it sounds delicious.
3: Yeah. But here's the thing that makes me wonder because why she has them is they're Canadian, first of all. Mm-hmm. But ruffles, all dressed, didn't exist and weren't sold in the US until 2015.
2: Oh, they, they <laughs> definitely kind of play with yeah. maybe not time, but items in time, music right. as well.
3: Yeah. So but... it's like that's a very, th- those chips are a m- very new thing hmm. in American stores. Uh, So how they would get them, I was like, I don't know, they got somebody, Sherry's people maybe are hooking them up with with weed and Canadian potato chips uh, from the future. Um.
2: (laughs) That's a good connection to have. I would want to be very good (laughs) friends with (laughs) Sherry. Uh, Yeah. I, I don't know.
3: So Maybe does she have some kind of time like, travel hookup to get those chips? I don't. I'd go through that effort. Those are delicious. Uh, it's like
2: the Starbucks coffee cup on Game of Thrones. Maybe right? <laughs> the character of Anya, the actress, she's like, "I really love these chips, and I'm just going to eat them on set, like they're supposed to be here."
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I'm teasing. Yeah,
3: but I um, was watching this like, I want to be at this party. I mean, come on, special brownies, all dressed chips, really cool people. I'm in. Where's yeah. my spot? Where's my invite? Uh, like and I'm then just some of their conversations.
1: Right yeah.
3: Right. A great you know, Natsuki going off on her, wondering if Stanton, what if she's evil and she's stealing our life forces and siphoning them off and putting them into these dolls and making mm-hmm. them do tricks for her. I was like, man, that is some good shit in those brownies for sure. <laughs> and, and then Sandra adding to it, the, you know, Hansel and Gretel, Sweeney Todd approach mashup, mm-hmm. Mrs. Stanton's meat pies. Yeah, some, some great a shit. Because I even love Spence, Spence's reaction. He just goes, Sandra is high, y'all. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, but so is he, because now he's uh, workshopping his new passion project, which is Death Pie High. Uh, he'll be working on that for the foreseeable future. So,
2: <laughs> oh my goodness. Good stuff.
3: Yeah, so I just I like some just like the random conversations and stuff that happened at this party and this get together, where it was a lot of fun, led to a lot of fun stuff, and then even like afterwards, just the quick little scene, you know, Alonka is sitting there trying to like read through stuff (laughs) at her desk, and she goes, "Okay, time to fuck off, evil brownie," and I was like, "Hmm." I'd be lying if I said I hadn't been there. Um, (laughs) I don't relate to that. Um, (laughs) It's like, all right, we've had our fun. Go away now. (laughs) I've got to function again.
2: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yes. Agreed. (laughs) Oh, wow.
3: It's a lot of fun with with that. Just seeing them really, really just like let loose and relax yeah, and just, like,
2: just be, be kids. kids
3: be teenagers you know yeah. it's great
2: like forget that we're all sick you know forget that you know where where we're at and what we have going on in our lives let's just have you know let's celebrate one of our friends and let's just be kids like you could see them doing this you know just hanging out on like a friday or saturday night you know a bunch of kids mm-hmm. doing the same thing it doesn't have you know just want to forget for a minute that they're all like fighting these terminal illnesses you yeah. know and and all the other things that going on in their lives like that's that's one thing they all seem to have some some kind of story some sort of personal thing in their life that's affecting them on top of this as well uh so it yeah. was good just to see them hang out and be kids so definitely i agree super fun time on the beach and i didn't even know then that made me think uh I didn't know they were anywhere close to water. Like, I still don't really fully understand, like, where Mm -hmm. they are.
3: Yeah, I mean, we've seen, like, the the, the cliff with the water under it where that, like, bench was outside or whatever, but, like, they have access. Yeah. Yeah, but then there's, like, a trail, like, down to a beach really close Mm -hmm. by, too. I forgot that
2: where Kevin was sitting on the bench, right? Mm -hmm. I totally forgot about that. wasn't even thinking about the water. I think that Creepy because she had the Elonka had that vision of that like creepy old lady, and I think that's what was sticking in my head. I completely (laughs) forgot about any awesome view. Um, that was good. Well, since we're kind of on the subject of the beach and um, a couple of our characters there, I want to talk about Natsuki and, and Amish, and I really liked their flirtation, got kicked up a little bit. We've definitely seen Natsuki put the feels out there a little bit, you know? Yeah. And uh, that got, you know, amped up a little bit. And so that was fun to see. And I thought it was, I thought it was interesting because I, it's like, I don't know, thinking about what it would be like to be them. And you kind of sense that they're both maybe, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but like they're a little hesitant and holding back about showing their feelings uh, mm-hmm. for someone, but especially for someone who's terminal and also yeah. your terminal too, you know? Yeah. So it's I like, do you definitely
3: have thoughts about that? <laughs>
2: yeah. So
3: <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs>
2: yeah. 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 Feel free to, to, to jump in. Cause you know, I, mine is again, probably going to be kind of short, but it was just, I liked seeing their, Discussion on the beach, Natsuki talking about her depression, and they're both battling these terminal illnesses, and it probably, you know, would would make you a little gun shy about flirting with the idea of a relationship with someone because, hey, you know, you don't know how much time you have left, and the person you happen to like is also fighting a terminal illness, and you don't know how much time they have left. So do you open yourself up? Do you risk opening yourself up to someone knowing that any day could be your last or even their last? So you get why there's like that hesitation between them.
1: Yeah, for sure. But
2: I definitely like that they just went for it because obviously the answer to that is, do you take the risk? Hell yes, (laughs) you take the (laughs) risk. And you yeah. go for it because that's the exact point is you don't know how much time that you have, you know, how much time that that person has. And, you know, you you just got to go for it and enjoy that time that you have left. You know, why battle holding back your feelings, you know, and, you know, not saying how you care about someone, even if they don't reciprocate, you know, they may not have those same feelings towards you. but. You know, what have you got to lose? Go ahead and tell them how you feel. See if they reciprocate. If not, okay. Um, but at least you went for it. And if they do have those same feelings for you, well, Yahtzee, you know, that's even <laughs> better. So I, I really liked seeing their flirtation throughout the, the episode. I know it played a part in the story as well. Um, that we got yeah. this week. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that they, that they went for it. I, I think they're yeah. super cute together. So you you said you had some thoughts on it as well.
3: Yeah, well more about, yeah, just like the the idea of of the hesitation and stuff. And that's more of what once I get into doing my best at breaking down the story. Oh, of the, the story. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
2: <laughs> more to come than when we get to the story. Yeah. Alright. Cool. Um well, what's your next point?
3: All right. Uh, another great character that I seem to always have to talk about every week. One of my favorites. Let's talk about Anya this week <laughs> and just see.
2: I was waiting to hear Man. Kevin. Okay.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, right. Three for a loop there. <laughs> yeah, this. I think this might be the first uh, episode. I don't have any notes about Kevin. He was. Oh, I have one note, but. I don't know if he had any like points. He didn't or, have a like, main keys. part. He wasn't really, really yeah, yeah he wasn't a huge role. focus this time. Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> well, let's talk about Anya.
3: Not not enough to make him a point this week. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be back next week. I'm sure. Right he'll, in the running again. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah, Anya. I think she's gotten like a, a note or like a point every week <laughs> so far too. Uh
2: she's a force, so, man. She's a force. Man, yeah. <laughs>
3: So last week, uh, the way the episode ended, yeah, we were real worried about how things were going, and so the way that it opens up, I mean, right where we left off. Thank God, yeah, luckily, I mean, she's still alive. Um, been through some stuff, seen some stuff. She's very haunted by this living shadow. Uh, she's kind of ashamed about it. I mean, it has caused terror, not only just what she's seeing and uh, you know, feeling. When she does come to, when she is resuscitated, but I mean, even towards the end of the episode, I mean, she's having nightmares. I mean, she's wetting the bed. She's it's it has messed with her. It is mm-hmm. she's in a really bad place right now. Yeah. Um, and you know she's kind of ashamed of it, or she's even kind of. I I was I was high on meds. I overdosed, so I don't know what you're talking about, Alonka. Stop pestering me about this living shadow. It's not real. I didn't see anything. She's just very wants to brush it off. Doesn't want to talk about it. And so it's it's good that she does eventually come around and, and trust Alonka. And that friendship really is building. But yeah, she does open up about it more at the end. She's like, Yeah, I'm definitely seeing it. And I think I know exactly what it is. It's this darkness creeping in, coming after you, you know, just teasing you with the, you know, at the end of your time when it's your time, tormenting you until it's over.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: she's horrified and terrified by it. So I feel, I feel for her. She's. Definitely going through a lot. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting and kind of weird, the whole like DNR thing that started this episode, where Alonka seems really shaken up that to find out that she had a DNR, and then the fact that Alonka did help her, like did kind of revive her, and now she's mad and feels bad because she didn't know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I th- don't don't think you have to hold that on your shoulders as hard as you are. I think Anya is perfectly okay with still being alive. I th- I think she's glad that she's, al- <laughs> she's not dead, that you helped her. I yeah. think we're okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, I agree.
3: Yes, I, I don't think Alanka needs to hold that on herself, and hopefully by their conversation, I mean, we have, at the end of this episode, Anya sitting there holding Alanka and crying, saying, I don't want to die. So, hopefully that sets it straight. Like, no, you made the right decision, like Stanton said. Like, you did what you should have done. You're good. You're fine. Don't worry about it.
2: Yeah, i I wondered about that. Um, Anya's uh, one of my points too, so I'll just add to it. Um, I love the moments, like you said, we're really getting some of that relationship building between Anya and Alonka. You know, she's really kind of gotten through to her, and Anya's gotten to a place where I think she feels that she can trust Alonka. She's still got her spice to her. You know, she's oh, still yeah. a little spicy, but we love that about Anya. But man, you just couldn't help but feel for her seeing how upset she was when she revealed that she did wet the bed. Like, she's crying and she's terrified. And not only by what's happening to her by this shadow thing that's scaring the hell out of her at every turn, but also we find out she's definitely got some guilt yeah, um, that she's been carrying around. And what I really liked was, because we've speculated since episode one about these stories that we're hearing how much in that story is about that person's real life like what real events when they're telling that story are they all fiction or are there elements of truth to those stories and i think we're we're finding more and more as we go on there's definitely some elements of truth and yeah when we got the story about the the two danas when anya shared her story about Moving to America for ballet school, um, the best friend that she threw the dancer statuette at, those were real things. So yeah. it was good to kind of see that confirmed, like, oh, okay, yeah, more than likely, then there's something about these stories. It could be many things, could be small things um, are true for our characters. But she's been carrying around this guilt, saying that she she thinks she's responsible for killing her parents. I mean, clearly she's not. Uh but she's carrying that around with her. Um, because right. you know, she feels they would not have died if not for her, you know, going going out and looking for her. And we find out that she did spiral and she did turn to heroin. And we saw that I think yeah. in the two Dana's too, where there were some drugs involved. Um mm-hmm. in, in that story with one of the Dana's. I think the the second Dana, Dana two. Um so it was really heartbreaking to see her you know, finally break down there at the end. Like I said, just seeing her cry and how she kept saying over and over again, she doesn't want to die. She doesn't want to die, knowing that she might soon do just that. And um, so, yeah, I I feel like any any guilt that Alonka might have felt over not respecting well, and one, she didn't know. You know, she didn't know that she had a DNR. Um, so you know she shouldn't feel any guilt over that and i think like you said anya was not upset about it and it doesn't sound like she's really ready for that um anyway which and honestly how can you be that was kind of dumb words but you know what i mean but i don't know it's like <laughs> Ilanka was looking at that book as you know they were hugging and she's looking at that book that i'm sure we'll talk about but from the uh the paragon uh, cult Yeah. after she learned about them so it's like what are they going to do with that you know right. what, <laughs> what are they going to do with this information and you know when you, you, you're hearing a friend and all of them all of them are sick you know all of them are dying they could all benefit maybe from that book but you know so I don't know but yeah I thought it was a great moment between them two and it's uh, Anya's definitely grown to be one of my favorite characters too. So that's all I had to add. She was one of my points too. So <laughs>
1: nice. Yeah. All um,
2: right. So is that f-
3: fling it back to me? Or? Yeah.
2: It's back to you. <laughs> Teeing it up right to you. All
3: right. Well, Hey, and perfect. Cause what you mentioned there at the end sets up exactly what I want to talk about next, which Excellent. is just Alanka and. First, I want to say, like, the journal, but then there's some other things, too. So just kind of her playing with darkness a little bit. Um, Mm. Yeah, I I don't know what to to take from this exactly. Uh, I mean, we see she has read the journal that she found in the library that Julia was pointing her towards with the art. Mm -hmm. And it is the story of the Paragon through the view of Athena, which is the daughter of the leader of the cult, Regina, or I say so, uh, self-named after the goddess of healing. It started out as just a spiritual group for healing. I'll keep myself from being too snarky about natural medicine, being (coughs) culty. Anyway, (laughs) but soon it did. It got just way out of hand. Um Where it was more of just kind of this hippy-dippy, you know, natural healing kind of thing. It became animal blood sacrifices and... It escalated. Occult readings and rituals and meetings and all of this stuff to where... Yeah, it it escalated pretty quickly. Uh, To where, you know, Athena got herself and all of the kids out. And she called the police. Which I was like, man, to call the police on your mom there's gotta be more than just a one goat getting sacrificed. Yeah. Know, but, but then she does say her mom had hinted at like worse things coming, you know, a big blood sacrifice that the goddesses can't ignore. And it's like, she was really going off the deep end and it was enough to really scare Athena so that she had the police look into it. Of course, then when the police arrive, a had poisoned all of the other members as a sacrifice for her own longevity and health. Uh, and she was the last one remaining. Um, so it was just kind of this, you know,, uh, you know, death cult situation that we've unfortunately seen in real life way too many times. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's we're seeing the, really just the dark story of this, and then what confuses me or worries me is the fact that Alonka doesn't seem scared of it at all. Yeah, She seems to kind of be embracing this as she's making connections to the Paragon and then Julia Jane starting the Midnight Club and meeting in the same place as like a new ritual. Uh, And she's still so hung up on the fact that Julia was cured, you know, but how? What's the actual story? What What does Julia know? What did she know? How does this Paragon journal? Why did she want somebody to find it? And you get Kevin nervously joking a little bit you know where he's just like oh what are we gonna do just go find a bunch of poison berries and you know have our own ritual and she doesn't say no um
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know the fact that she just kind of brushes off his like joke and i'm like ah for real though no? where are you going with this Alonka um Blood sacrifice is not on the table ever. Stop it! <laughs> Turn around. What are you? Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah, uh, I'll <laughs> <check>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is? What is her thoughts? Um, so that's again. You know, at the end, we talked about with Anya is really crying to Alonka and she's talking about how much she doesn't want to die and she fears death. And I don't like the way Alanca is just eyeing that journal. I don't mm-hmm. feel good about it. Uh, mm. Maybe I'm gonna have to go back to last week a little bit and be a little nicer to Sandra and be like, you know what? Nope. Sandra was completely right. I mean, uh, you know, I'll side with her. Maybe not all the extra Jesus-y part of everything, but like, yeah, I think I might want to double down on her whole stay the hell away from the dark things part of that speech. Cause Maybe she had a point.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I agree too. Yeah, I feel like at least at that point when she's like, um, no, well, you know, there are knives down here. There it, clearly there was like some sort of ritualistic happenings down here, and there's blood in that book. Yep, that's I'm good. Mm-hmm. We can just leave Maybe this, let's
3: leave it where not it's at. keep <laughs> reading into that, yeah. yeah. Like, Maybe don't keep that around with you and keep looking at it as an answer to questions ever. So yeah, I'm I'm a little worried about that. I
1: mm-hmm. I feel like
3: Ilanka is smart, but however intelligent you are, you know, uh Well desperation say, can take a toll on people. Um
2: I mean we've we've seen her she's definitely looking for answers. She's definitely been obsessed with uh, Julia Jane. How did she get cured? You know, what was that all about? How did that happen? She's looking for answers in natural remedies, you know, trying to do something to like cure herself. And maybe she's getting mm-hmm. to a point where she's getting desperate and she is looking at something that could possibly work. I mean, I don't know that she's wanting to go so far as like what the Paragon did but it seems like Julia found a way to use this book I mean it, it seems obvious that Julia probably had access to this book and possibly used it in some way did she use it in a similar way to cure herself and because and, the say so wanted to like live forever mm-hmm. is there something that julia did in a modified ritual that was able to cure herself instead of like going so far as like just living forever you know was she able to crack something you know and and Alonka thinks that she can do that too still pretty dangerous stuff to think about that's yeah a little scary to think about you know i don't know it's Uh, gotta be careful what you bring into your life. That's all I'm saying. Certain (laughs) energies and things, you know? So.
3: Yeah. Yeah, It just, it worries me how she's seeming to really obsess Mm
1: -hmm. over
3: this stuff. I mean, that's the reason she's here is kind of an obsession with it, but yeah, it's, it's kind of at a point where like, I want to trust Alonka to be a good person and not, but also I'm like your obsession could lead you down some paths maybe you shouldn't go
1: Mm -hmm.
3: and so i'm i'm interested but nervous to see what happens with all of that uh and then what other supernatural things are tied to this i mean we mentioned we like you know the creepy old dead lady that keeps popping up i mean when we see her in this episode she's just standing over Anya when alonka walks back in that room which i was like no fucking thank you nope no um then i'm just like alonka Really? You're just going to start following that thing? What the hell are you doing? Uh, Sto follows it right back into that sepia, old-timey weirdness with the, the creepy man by the record player where the record starts skipping. And then, of course, it's Kevin because they're going to keep doing that to us. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> He's not bad, I swear.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it did make me wonder, again, because we've talked about, you know, the strangeness about Julia Jane's disappearance and reappearance and you know, knowing the basements there and if that was part of it. But I'm wondering, was Julia also seeing things and experiencing things in the same way? So I was like, was Julia's quote unquote disappearance also her just like wandering off following some old ghost uh, and winding up somewhere? She did, Is that how she found the basement was following a ghost?
1: Mm
2: hmm. That's another good question. Well, five more episodes to go. Hopefully we get some answers to that.
0: (laughs) I like that. Yeah.
2: I mean obviously, on my list too uh, I'm, I don't know what to think about that. I feel like we've got to think about what did happen to say so we she said what she um what changed her name or mm-hmm. like she's just gone, but then what happened to athena so What if the old ghost lady is a say-so? What if whatever by this ritual, you know, she's feeding off the souls of the hospice kids? Like, she's at a hospital. I mean, what perfect place for her to be in than in a residence where there's people that die on a regular basis? God, that's Mm -hmm. so freaking morbid to say and think about. What if Stanton is Athena?
1: Hmm.
3: Does that timing? I don't know. Because this was in. The I didn't 40s? do the math.
2: I don't do math. But. Mm. Uh yeah, I think they said so the Paragon was sometime in the 40s, and we are in
3: in the 90s.
2: In the 90s, so mm, maybe. Could be. And she bought it in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Bought Breitcliff sometime in the 60s.
3: Right? So, I mean, if she's grown up a little bit from when she was, you know, a teenager, when she ran out of the place, then returned, it's a possibility.
2: Yeah, I don't know if the math works out. I didn't, but I'm just like, mm, I don't know. She, She's a little sus. I don't know what to think about Dr. Stanton just yet. hmm And then... I, I I still am pretty confident that Shasta is Julia, and she somehow discovered this book. I mean, obviously she knows what it is because it. She left all those clues in her art, and also Shasta kind of gave more clues to Alonka. So I feel like you know to go find this book. So I feel confident. Could still be wrong that Shasta is Julia who discovered this book, and she. Somehow used it to cure herself. Maybe not to go so far as to like live forever, like you know, a, a, a say so was trying to do. But, but I feel like there's something there. She obviously knew what the book was. She led her to the book. So I don't know. That's that's kind of my question: is how did Julia avoid going as far as the say so did?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But I'm I'm just wondering if that's who that old ghost lady is, and if. Dr. Stanton could be Athena. And then, how, and then, how, what did Julia do that was maybe different out of that book?
1: Yeah. All questions. questions. (laughs) Yeah.
2: All those questions. So, yeah, that's all that I had to add to that because I don't really know what to go on, but I thought it was creepy as hell. I just, yeah. And I just, just don't need any more freaking animal sacrifices. Could we not have that anymore? <laughs> I'm sick of I know it wasn't real. I know that, but you know, it's still not pleasant to watch. So I could really do without seeing any more animal sacrifices.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, so yeah,
2: hopefully, hopefully more to come. Yeah. All right, what's your yeah. next point?
3: All right, well, I have just one left. Okay. And it's the big one. Um, see you later. Uh, the story. I always have fun with <laughs> trying to. That's like my whole week after watching it the first time is being like, all right, what the hell am I going to do with this one? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we're not going to be getting Death Pie High tonight. Uh, it's a Mesh's <laughs> turn to tell a story. The opening toast is tweaked a little to days as well. Days that may they they may or may not get, uh, but we get to see you later, which is a bit of a sci-fi story this week.
2: Yeah, a little different.
3: Almost went into like trailer person voice. Luke was a programmer with a crush.
1: Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was good.
3: But yeah, uh, <laughs> he runs into someone that he thinks is his game developer idol. Uh, really turns out to instead be himself from the future. Uh, He's sent back along with the president and the president's wife, who's an adult version of the girl that he has a crush on. And they all get a second chance at handling a nuclear war that ends the world and maybe do things differently, change things in their uh, life and that pathways that they take to see if things go differently, anything they really want to change. Becky and Ray take that as killing each other for some reason, uh, but Adult Luke uh, has come up with a simulation of exactly exactly what had happened in the future to kind of program his younger self to crack the code, so to speak, on the steps required to not end all of humanity. To where in the end, young Luke realizes the answer is don't, Just don't do anything. Uh, there's no war to end the world in the first place. If it does, you know that. <laughs> If it doesn't get started because Luke developed a satellite weapon system, so just don't don't program the code, don't make the system, and it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. The Luke's life ends up being longer and more positive than its first go around. Um, so that's kind of, again, the quick summary. <laughs> um, that's
2: a very quick summary, yeah. This was a long yes. story that we got this week, too. Right. It's like 22 minutes
3: long. This one, I feel like each week they get harder and harder to gather meanings from. They're, uh,
1: they're making it <laughs> They're work
3: getting for more. Pig. They really are. Uh, but I must attempt, even if I'm just making up bullshit to sound like I know what I'm talking about, I have faith I'm going to do you. what I can. I think. Uh, well, we'll see. Uh, so here's some of the things I picked up on. Oh, obviously, yeah, his crush on Natsuki is clearly in there. Um, and the thing that keeps them apart in real life as we talked about is is fear of time. Could that be why, you know, he he prefaces the story with, you know, there's nothing that goes bump in the night but there are a lot of things, things that scare me. So um is that way time travel is big and important in this story of things that scare him, is the idea of time and the time that he does or doesn't have. Uh you know, they get together, like you mentioned earlier, and either of them could die at any day. That is fucking scary. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that kind of so that, that idea of that fear of time, I think, maybe plays, you know, some part there. For sure. Uh, I wonder that now Amesh has reached his death day. If every minute and every decision, the name of the game that he is, uh, the simulation he's working on there. uh. You know, every single thing that he make every decision he makes in his life at this point feels like a battle strategy game. You know? Do I make the most of my life, or is it all over in an instant? You know, maybe the answer like here in this story lies in not overthinking it, just living life as it comes one day at a time. Um you know, whatever that means day to day. Uh I think it was pretty obvious he gave Luke a deadly health issue, just like his own self uh, in the story. It's his heart instead of his brain. But then I think the heart also plays a part. He's a, uh, cause he goes on later talking about protecting his heart, taking care of his heart. And I think that means more than just his actual organ in his body. But I think again, that goes back to that fear of his relationship with Natsuki and his feelings there protecting and taking care of his heart uh, and even hers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm sure there's nothing but truth about that part of when he's talking about what happened to Luke. I'm sure it's the same thing he talks about that health condition keeping him from physical activities, which is where his love of video games was spawned. Uh so <laughs> I would say that's probably exactly a Mesha story. Mm-hmm. And then with all the stories we've got this season in the show, all of these stories are about regret in some way or another. Uh you know, here Kara, which is the adult Becky, is trying to push Ray and Becky apart to set young Becky on a path maybe towards Luke because that's a big regret that she holds as an adult is that she married the you know politician and moved up the ranks and never took a chance with with Luke and maybe things would have been better. So now she's interfering with the younger selves that she's gone back in time so it's again it's that dealing with what are lives and the, that we could have le- lived? What are the regrets and the you know grief of things that were not? Mm-hmm. I think that theme has been in all of these stories. Uh kind of, you know, and I, I like that Notsky does mention this to him later on after the story is told. But yeah, having Becky kill herself in a way or another, that's pretty dark, given Natsuki's depression and things that they had talked about. But Again, that is part of Amesh's fear. That's what he mentioned. This story is gonna be full of things that do scare me. And you talk about what you know. So knowing Natsuki is battling depression and things like that, that's things that he fears. Remember, is losing her and and not having, you know, the things that he could have. Uh I think he does mention a little bit of that hesitation to be with Natsuki. You know mm-hmm. that's why I mentioned. Be careful. Protect your heart. Don't put yourself out there. It's kind of sad. Maybe he has been living that life. You know, that's kind of where he's been—is in that mindset of just it's not worth it. You know, you're only going to hurt yourself more. So just put that blockade up. Don't worry about it.
1: Mm-hmm. But
3: then, as Luke in the story and Amesh in real life have both reached that death day where they were told they were going to die, and now they haven't. Yeah. Maybe everything's new again make the days count because they are a new chance every single one. So maybe it is time to put aside that fear because that death day has come and gone. And now you're just, you're living in, you know, free time that you don't know how much longer it's going to go. But at that point it's like, well, there's nothing you've prepped for at this point. So just go for it.
2: Exactly. Beautiful analysis, (laughs) Pake. That was, that was great. Um, and I agree with you. Um, I think when in the story, in the end, when Luke lives at the end and he doesn't die because of those events, you know, he seems grateful to have one more day past his death day, and it really does mirror, I think, anyway, um, Amesh's outlook now that he's past his date where he's now hopeful but also realistic like yeah. he knows he's still sick but he's hopeful he's gotten past that day it's, it's a good feeling you know that he's yeah. made it this far and he's you know despite what doctors have told him because doctors don't know everything right so getting past that date um, I think was big and definitely yeah. echoed in the story and in our, our actual characters. So I, I love that tie-in. I think you're spot on.
3: Yeah. And then, of course, other little notes and nods and tie-ins and things that I notice in the story that I like that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Starlight Crystal is the game that he said he was working on and developing when he was young. Uh, was I think that was one of the names of one of the stories the Midnight Club told in that book in the basement, one of the old oh, stories. I think there was a starlight crystal. I have to in go there. back
2: and look, yeah.
3: Um when I tell you the scream I scrimped when <laughs> Raul Coley popped up on stage <laughs> on, on screen. Uh yes. Was, oh how I love Raul Coley. Uh Isn't like literally just by myself in my apartment in pitch black. I'm sure my upstairs neighbors just heard me go, yes, the second that he popped up on screen. I was <laughs> I was very loud. Um, it was a great surprise. I loved seeing him like Roll Coley,
1: for sure. A
2: wonderful surprise. I squealed mm-hmm. at night and lights were out watching <laughs> while I was in bed. And I think my dog was like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> Jeez, would you chill out? Oh, my gosh. Yes. I was so, I'm like, when is he coming? And, and, uh, I didn't know it was this episode, but that's what I've been like saying to myself, like the entire series so far. That since we've started, I was like, I know he's in it. I know he's in here somewhere. And then he popped up <laughs> in, in here. It's just like a nice surprise. And yeah, I squealed. It was so wonderful. He's so good.
3: Yes. So I was, I was very happy to see him. I was too. Uh, see uh, the Illuminati. Um, these, Aliens slash angels, which, yeah, poor Sandra. She's really going to be sad but that she missed the angel reveal. Hilarious and it was glorious. that
1: she missed uh, <laughs> <in> that reveal. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: great. But uh, I did happen to notice as Kara, Kara, or as uh, talking about these beings to young Luke in the story, and she says, yeah, they're, uh, being, they're beings from a galaxy far, far away. And I said, "Yeah, that wording was intentional, a mess you big old nerd like that." Yep, <laughs> you knew what you were doing with that one. Oh.
2: <laughs> yep, that was intentional. Guy, <laughs> get your nerdiness on.
3: Uh huh. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, just yeah, some of the other little notes about that. Break down the story a little bit, see what I could do with it. I said they're getting harder. They're getting a little bit more. Uh,
1: hmm. Uh,
3: not on the nose. <laughs>
2: no. And Hiding
3: those themes in there a little deeper for me to dig out. Make you
2: work for it.
3: That's
1: for <sighs> sure.
2: No, I think that was great. And I think totally on point. And, and I I agree with you. The, like I said, when we started the, uh, talking about uh, the show, and this one was hard for me to keep up. And maybe it's because it was a long day and I was watching it in bed and, you know, was feeling a little, you know, a little sleepy. And I'm just like, oh, no, this is, you know, we've got some weird time travel stuff going on in this story. And we know that my brain doesn't keep up with that. <laughs> so it took, I think, really my second watch to really be able to like, oh, okay, I, I, I'm yeah. understanding what's going on now here. Um, I think you gave a great summarization of that. So I don't have a whole lot to add other than there was, I think, a great War Games reference to it when they're Mm -hmm. talking about thermonuclear war and this computer simulation and Uh I was like oh man am I thrown back to you know Matthew Broderick and um, what was it Ali Sheedy um, in in that one and was it Ali Sheedy I just went blank for a minute Um, but War Games was one of my all time favorite uh, movies growing up as a kid used to watch it all the time and so, hearing that reference, I thought was super cool. We, you know, um, and then yeah, like I said, Raúl Raul Coley um, was an absolute thrill. I'm kind of sad though because if he pl- played this character in this story, then that means like we, I don't think we'll see him again in the series. Mm-hmm. And I was really hoping that like, you know, we'd see him sprinkled throughout somehow, yeah. playing a part. But it's okay. It's okay. Catch him in the next one.
3: Yeah, I don't think he was yeah, ever really meant to do a whole lot with this show, unfortunately. But I think I I wouldn't be surprised to find out that like after Midnight like Blind Manor and Midnight Mass and like how much people have fallen in love with him. Yeah. That Mike Flanagan was like, All right, come in and film one episode of Midnight Club. We have to have you on here for something. Like I can't leave him without you (laughs) completely. No.
2: No. Don't do that to us. Give us give us something. <laughs> and I think he's in the next um, show that Mike Flanagan's doing, the, uh, right? The Edgar The House of Usher. Yeah, the House of Usher. Yeah. So I think he's in that. I think so. Hopefully in I hope so. a little bit more of a, a role than, which this yeah. was great, but we got to have more. So I need more.
3: I do know I saw spoilers for people. I mean, I mean, it's not spoiling House of Usher. It's not out yet, but sometimes people are worried about casting things. I don't know. But- 'Cause I might have mentioned it on here maybe just when we were not recording, but yeah, Ruth Cod that plays Anya is supposed to be in House of Usher as well, I think. So Oh
2: good. That'll be cool. She's really talented. I really like her. I don't Mm -hmm. don't know that I'm familiar with if she was in something else that I've seen, I don't know. No, I think I mentioned that
3: maybe like her episode where this is technically her first major role she's ever done. Like Dang. She's actually been in like the makeup department for a lot of like things, but this is I think her first like on-screen acting role
2: girls got talent (laughs) good for her give her more work yeah um well that story was also my number one so i'll just go into some notes as far as some throwbacks in this episode uh and some call outs from like some Fun 90s stuff. I've been in this 90s mood. Like, I bought a pair of like 90s jeans. Like, everything from the 90s is coming back, right? So, I bought like (laughs) some jeans that, and I'm thinking, I I tried them on. I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm in high school again. (laughs) (laughs) it's (laughs) it's <laughs> <laughs> same exact year. Why didn't I just keep those jeans that I had in the night? Like, I'm going to fit in my jeans from high school. But, you know, I'm like, God, these are like the same jeans. And I've been in this total, like, 90s kick for the last couple of, of weeks. I bought some sunglasses that I, you know, um, had from the 90s and just kind of going down that vibe. So this show is definitely nice. – I've been listening to a lot of music from this time. You know, la- um, what was it, the episode when Kevin went to prom and they played uh, – I didn't mention it in that episode so that was my fault but the song when he's going to the uh, prom and he's walking to the limo was uh, one of my favorite Duran Duran songs and Uh so this show has definitely kind of brought back some of that nostalgia and I'm like listening to some of my old favorites from from the time and
3: it must have uh, like crept its way in without me realizing it too I was like maybe that's the reason even though it was never even like featured on this show yet, but just the '90s bug. Maybe that's the reason Teenage Dirtbag has been in my head for two weeks straight. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> it just won't leave. It's just latched on to somewhere back there.
2: '90s was a great time. I mean, I you know I grew up in the '80s, and we always talk about how how great it was being you know growing up in the '80s and stuff. But you know, growing up in the '90s, I had a blast. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's been very nostalgic, but. A couple little throwbacks in this episode. Some are little, you know, like we've talked about, Mike Flanagan and the rest of the team, you know, it's – take some of the stuff with a grain of salt. Some of the stuff is not exactly in the exact year that we're in, you know, but they're just having fun with things. One of the things that was shown in this episode was the magazine uh, that Becky was reading uh, at the Game Counter store. She was reading an issue of Electronic Gaming Monthly. So this was a kind of a big video game magazine back in the 90s and was first published in 1989 and it's still going today but it's in digital form only. Um had some good 90s music. It got some salt and pepper. Yeah. In This episode.
3: What a man, what a man, what a man, what a man.
2: <laughs> yeah. Definitely a good I one mean, to sing and dance yeah. to for sure.
1: Uh
2: just the game store itself. Oh. I mean talk about taking you back right the video game store and uh, Amish's story had a lot of 90s references uh, Sega Genesis Mortal Kombat you know Super Nintendo Super Scope you know all all cool stuff um the Virtual Boy this uh Nintendo's ill-fated 32-bit tabletop gaming system Virtual Boy was released mm-hmm. in 1995 Um, Apparently, it was a huge commercial flop. However, it only sold less than a million units total. But a little bit of a throwback for you. The equipment that Luke played that game decision on was a Sony VAIO desktop computer that had these Roland MA speakers. (laughs) So. (laughs) the sony Vio was introduced in 1996 the speakers though were from 1990 and apparently really built to last apparently they're still very popular with collectors of um people that collect like this retro hardware um Mm. i can't say i have seen those but you know i didn't have a computer in in the 90s so school computer that's what i had Mm -hmm. yeah computer lab uh the international space Station. So that space station was actually launched in 1998 with, uh, through a collaboration with the Space Agencies for Russia, Europe, China, and Canada. Um, its first residents arrived in the year 2000. So a little bit off on the time, but a little history yeah. lesson there. I, was
3: say, I was fact-checking myself. And I went back to make sure I was like... So I'm in a teenage dirtbag and I was like, oh no, Wiedas first album came out in two thousand. I'm on that midnight club timeline of '90s too, so that's fine. Nice, I- <laughs> Nice, I love that. I can, you, you, you can push the timeline a little bit, and it still counts. So. Yeah, <laughs> two thousand counts as the '90s when we're talking about this show. Why sure.
2: not? Why not? It's it's all in fun, you know, all in fun. Uh, I mentioned the War Games reference. You know, there were a lot of plot elements from the movie War Games, uh, which came out in 1983. Um, so that was. That was fun. And then there was a line, watch out James Cameron. Uh, James Mm -hmm. Cameron, obviously, you know, legendary writer and director of The Terminator, one of my all-time favorite sci-fi movies ever, uh, which is also an apocalyptic time travel story, very similar to Amish's story that we got in this episode. So those are all my little notes of mention uh, throughout the episode and sprinkles of 90s nostalgia.
3: Nice.
2: All right. Do you have any notes? Um. Let's see. Are any any other points that you want to add?
3: No. No other points, and I think really all the other notes that I have. Uh, yeah, because we talked about Natsuki and Amesh a little bit. Uh, Natsuki recognizing herself in the story that. Amesh told and says "I she didn't like the ending for Becky.
1: Mm. That it
3: could and should end happier. And I think that was kind of touching. Yeah. Amesh was still unsure, but I think Natsuki made her feelings very clear by the end of that. Uh,
2: no room for doubt
3: there.
1: Great. Yeah.
3: Right. <laughs> so, yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, just, again, her talking about her depression, I think, was a great thing to kind of shine light on here. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, because even back in the 90s, that was something that was just as rampant as it is now. It's just.
2: It wasn't as talked not, about. It wasn't
3: talked about. It was ignored. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: And then, yeah, just I think um, <clears throat> Alanka going on her ghost journey and wa- winding up wandering right into the library in time for Midnight Club. Uh, oh, stop
2: following that thing around. <laughs> right. Stay put.
3: And as she's like telling them, he has this old lady and there is this, and they're all like, you're still high. Cool. Cause, That's fine, because so are all of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wherever that weed came from, it was the good stuff. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Sandra's in a happy place. She's super comfy and cozy where she's at right now, right? (laughs) Uh, But yeah, along with that, I loved that Spence did mention what happened to him in the recovery wing in the last episode. Was that last episode or two episodes again? They all bleed together. Um, I think last week. Uh,
2: Yeah, I am glad he did mention that.
3: But yeah, it, it's he's still not sure what to think about it. He's like, yeah, he was like, if Anya was here, she'd say not a good enough sign. But
1: mm-hmm. it's
3: like, but it happened. So I figured at least while we're talking about ghost stories, putting it out there.
2: It's always a big problem I have with and not like this show in particular, but some shows where people just don't freaking talk enough, like communicate, mm-hmm. tell what you know or what you've seen or what you've heard. And, yeah. you know, so I was glad that. We, that he, you know, he did mention that to
3: the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen some memes about this show that has been It was like the whole purpose of Midnight Club is we're here. If anybody from the other side will send us a sign, that's why. And then it's like ghosts sending just all the signs they can, and they're just like what looking the other what? way. What? The
1: <laughs> oh my god, why nothing to see here. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny.
2: It's great. Any other notes? Mm.
3: That's all I've got.
2: That's awesome. Well, I think then it's probably a pretty good time then to move on to our listener feedback portion. Do you want to take the first one for me?
3: All right. The first comes from Jason Cabassi. Finding a way to get on this podcast even when he's not covering the show. No, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Love you, Jason. Uh, no, He says... I think Kevin is probably the devil. All right, no, we're done. No more Jason. No <laughs> slander. No Kevin slander. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'll push through. I'll read this slander, I saved it this just, libel.
2: saved it just for you, uh, Pete.
3: <laughs> don't talk about my boy like that. No. Uh, Jason says, I think Kevin is probably the devil. Yep, I think they told the actor to act super nice so everyone fall in love with the character and then have the rug pulled out from under us. I mean, I hope this is true, but who knows? Maybe his ghost story is the only one that's real. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's uh. taunting you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, Jennifer Camillary says, "Raul Coley, love that man. Yeah. Wish we could get more of him in this. I am such a fan of Amish after this episode. Actually, I find myself falling in love with all of them more and more each week. Amish's um, story this week had me lost for a bit, but I liked it in the end. Some sweet moments this week, and I was here for it. Anya telling her story was heartbreaking. So she was a ballet dancer. That confirms that her story was based in reality.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. <clears throat> and this one comes from Maureen Favo. It says, wow, that is quite the start, especially with DNR overlay. I like Cherie, lies in all. Please, please, please discuss how the Paragon history lesson matches or mirrors current Brightcliff residents. Any chance Stanton is Athena or Asesa? The old hag had to open the door. Does that mean something? <laughs> Yay, Raul Coley mm-hmm. and Michael Truco. Gotta love Sneak Attack to finally get that kiss. I think See You Later is my favorite so far, but reserved the right to like Death Pie High. <laughs> <laughs> Amesh knows how to live a death day, and Anya's story is so tragic.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That was great. All right. We got an email this week from our good friend Daphne. Always look forward to these. And she really came through. And she's traveling. So I know she had to take some uh, extra time to get this to us. So thank- thanks, Daphne, in advance. She says Hi, Rima and Pake. I go back and forth between Alonka and Anya as my favorite character. And ah, so hard to decide as I like them for different reasons. I appreciated the lovely gesture from Sherry to Alanka. She was in a position to do something that made Alanka's day better, and didn't hesitate. Some book notes: Doctor White, who runs Rotterdam, does so because he lost his daughter close to the age of eighteen. The two Dana story was a little different in the book. Dana was not a ballerina. The devil was male and looked like James Dean, and the statue was of two people holding hands and related to her boyfriend. Uh, It was a Valentine's Day gift she planned to give him. The right leg did break off, like the ballerina statue, and she found out that she had cancer a year later. The sofa scene did happen in the book. In the book, Anya does not have a motorized wheelchair. They make a point of mentioning that they want to get one, but it may not arrive for some time. Sandra is also religious in the book, but it hasn't been a focal point, really. In the book The Midnight Club, members tell more than one story a night. On one particular evening, Alonka, Anya, and Kevin all share a story. Alonka is very into herbs and natural foods, but she hasn't ventured into the woods. Daphne. Awesome. That is cool. I love those comparisons. I love those little gleans of the book. Thank you, Daphne, for taking the time. I know that you're traveling, so um, I appreciate you taking the time for that. All right. We did get a voice message this week from our friend Jade. Let's see what she has to say.
4: Hey, yo, what's up, Rima and Paik? Oh my gosh, I loved this week's episode. I know I said that last week's was my favorite, but every week they're getting better, and this was definitely my favorite so far, which is surprising because apparently a lot of people don't like this episode. My friend thought it was super boring, and like it, he said it didn't like fit in with the rest of the show, but I loved how Amesha's story felt like its own kind of movie, like its own psychological sci-fi thriller. I was here for it. It's the best story we've had so far by far. And we got Raul Coley. Yay! And in Sapkota as Amesh and, of course, Ruth Cod. So great. This episode focused on all my favorite characters in the show, like Natsuki, everybody. It just came together to make this also the best acted episode, I think, for sure. It seemed like a lot of people were bummed about the lack of spooky scariness this episode, but I loved that it was just concerned with this heartfelt, really intricate, smart storytelling of amazing characters. And Mike Flanagan does this so well. I seriously wish the man would just write a drama and just be done with horror because sometimes, I don't know, I just feel like the horror is taking away from what could really just be a well thought through heartfelt show, you know? But yeah, this episode was so great. It was well-paced, and we got so much out of it, like so much information, without it feeling rushed or like an info dump. I really loved the metaphors in Amesh's story, how it reflected his own life, how when the game ended, but he was still alive, then the alien, like, angels came to give him a second chance at at his life, and I really enjoyed the celebration of his death day. I just thought it was so beautiful and shows how you can transcend tragic events or days that happen in your life life. And if you choose to celebrate on those days, instead of being miserable, um, it's just inspiring. Like it's just a reminder of how lucky you are to have overcome hardships in your life. That was really cool. Something I wanted to take away myself and personally apply to my life. And what else? Anya, as you know, she is my favorite character, and I think she's proving to be just as much of a main character as Alanka, and that is fine with me. We are getting more and more depth out of her every week, and she continually just rips my heart out, man. This week confirms, as I suspected, that she had a personal struggle with drug addiction, and she has this guilt about killing her parents. is just really heavy stuff. So it totally brings her story that she told about the two Danas full circle. And it makes it even more horrible because feeling like you have two heads because of addiction, it's just such an accurate portrayal of addiction. And so much horrible shit has happened to Anya. She just can't catch a break. I can't even imagine. Like your drug addiction lost you your dream. Your parents die as a direct result of your self-destructive actions. And then you get diagnosed with a debilitating disease immediately after I mean it is very clear why she is so unhappy but I'm loving the friendship that's developing between her and Alonka. Alonka was really wonderful to her and I have a new prediction about Anya since this overdose didn't kill Anya I don't see her dying after all I thought she would be the first to die but now maybe I think she will be the first to be cured what do you guys think Also, now that we get a closer look at this ghost scary lady standing over Anya's bed, I can see that she's young. Or at least the actor is young. Because just before when it flashed really quickly, I thought it was an old lady. But we might not be intended to realize that she's young since Mike Flanagan does love himself some old age makeup. But I don't think she's evil. My prediction is most likely that she's Athena, the girl who wrote the diary on the Paragon cult. But if she escaped, why is she haunting Brightcliff? I don't know. They're still missing pieces. Who do you guys think that this lady is? Because I don't think she's evil, right? It didn't seem like she was when she was standing over Anya's bed. Just a feeling that I got. But man, oh man, they are really setting us up to be suspicious of Mr. Kevin. He's always involved with the Alonka's visions. He's always linked to this scary ghost chick. He like turns into her. You know, I don't know what it, that is, but I still think it's a red herring. I don't think that he's bad and I don't think he's involved knowingly. I think something is going on with him, but I just can't figure out what it is, man. And now, because we learn about this cult witchiness being clearly very evil and destructive when you practice it, maybe I'm thinking Shasta is Julia Jane, yes, who started practicing the same evil witchcraft as Regina, which cured her disease when she, you know, when she found the Paragon book. So she's actually not helpful as she appears to Alonka, but somehow evil, which makes the acting weirdness that I was picking up on make more sense if she is actually a sinister character. And for a minute, I thought that Stanton could be Athena, but if she was 16 in 1940 when she escaped, then that would mean that now in 1994, she would have to be close to 70. So she's too young to be Athena, um, she could be Regina, who is still alive because of magical witch practices and, and hasn't died yet. But I don't know. I just don't think that Dr. Stanton has, has malicious intentions. It would make more sense if she was Athena. I wish that the age could work out that she was Regina's daughter, but I just don't think she can be. I'm so excited to see what you guys have to say about this. Um, we're getting a lot out of these episodes, and I just really wish that I could keep watching to the next one. But I'm here with you guys. So until next week, I will talk to you later. Bye.
2: So insightful as always. Thanks, I Love it. Yeah. So great. Uh, yeah I don't know i i I think we talked a little bit about some of that stuff, so we'll have to see if some of that matches up with uh what Jade had to say and if we answered any questions and I love the prediction love that prediction um I think I kind of alluded to that just a little yeah. bit when Alonka's staring at that book and Anya's having her moment and uh yeah mm-hmm. I think that's not a bad prediction to have
3: right there's got i i'm i'm, I'm enjoying all the heartwarming and like loving these characters, but I do have to remind myself it's Mike Flanagan and I can't be surprised if things take a really dark turn really soon. And I have to prepare myself for that too.
2: (sighs) Yeah, I know. I know. I I don't want to get into a spot of like, you know, complacent that every, there's going to be something figured out and we're not going to lose anyone. I feel like I have to try to remain Mm -hmm. a little realistic, but Yeah. I don't know. That was great. Thank you, Jade. Thank you, everyone that chimed in and left some feedback. Really appreciate hearing y'all's thoughts and predictions um, and how you're enjoying the story along with us. And if you're sticking with us week by week, thank you. Yeah. I know that's hard. Um, Well, speaking of next week, um, we will be covering episode six of the Midnight Club titled. Which, mm. maybe some of the spooky potions and rituals are gonna come rearing their head in that one,
3: right? And I don't ever, I never know what to expect anymore. Because mm-hmm. if it's usually like the title of the story or something, like who knows what the episode's gonna bring us anymore? No matter what it's called,
2: but yeah, who I'm
3: excited just to watch another episode.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll find out here in a little bit once we're finished recording and we jump into that one. Um, yeah. So, yeah, can't wait.
3: Yeah. So if you would like to write in, leave us a message, feedback, Kevin Slander, whatever you got for us, (laughs) you can (laughs) find all of our contact information over at podcastica.com.
2: While you're there, be sure to check out our other shows. So many great uh, things happening right now at Podcastica. There's no shortage of content.
3: Yeah. Lots of good stuff going on over there. and. While you're there, you can go ahead and leave a review, subscribe, download episodes, do everything you can for Strange indeed and all of the podcastica shows that you're a fan of.
2: yeah, go on and subscribe to everyone if you've already subscribed to us, then go find one of your other favorite podcastica shows or all of them, and give them a like and a subscribe and it really helps. There's a lot of, like I said, a lot of new podcasts that have popped up. Um, you heard earlier from Jade and her voicemail, and she's been a contributor um, to the podcast. And when we were covering Lock and Key, and she joined us for um, our Halloween special that we had, um, was it a couple of weeks ago? God, time is a construct around here, um, which right. was really great. So her and Jason and another friend of ours, Penny, have all gotten together, and they're covering uh, Dead to Me. Uh, the um, yeah. It's a Netflix show, which is getting ready to start season three. And so if you want to check them out, if you love that show, and like I said, give them a like and a subscribe. It's a new podcast. So those kinds of things help them get noticed and let other people find them that enjoy that show and would love to have a great companion podcast. So... Mm-hmm. We would appreciate that. And speaking of great podcasts and a lot of great content, you have to check out Pake and Daphne and their podcast, Run For
3: Your Lives.
2: I yeah. know you guys were taking a little bit of a break,
3: but
2: is there anything you want to tease or talk about this week?
3: Man, I should plan that better in advance and think <laughs> about, like, what should I want to like, plug this week? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're still in, like, a spooky October mood, even though it's now November... So we did. We had a busy October. You did. Uh, we talked about that a lot. We covered it, both of the newer movies and the 1990 miniseries. Broke that into two parts. Did Halloween ends? We did Halloween Kills. We did Halloween 2018. We've covered all those. So you can go back and check all those out. Here's a, here's one for you. If you can find the movie, or if you're not worried about spoilers and just want to hear us talk about a really niche movie, that's a great like slasher. That's other stuff as well there's a very little known movie called behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon yeah that i'm a i'm a huge fan of uh so if you can find that anywhere go check that out and we did an episode covering that it's got the late great scott wilson in it it's wonderful
2: yeah that's great Yeah, you guys deserve a a break after all of that. And, you know, I never leave that spooky frame of mind. I feel like October came and went so fast Mm -hmm. and I did not get the full enjoyment of, you know, watching all of my favorite scary movies. Um, It was here and gone too soon. So it's never a bad time to uh, pick up on anything spooky. Yeah, it's awesome.
3: All right. That is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone.
2: Until next time, I'm Rima.
3: And I'm Bake.
2: And Kara Lynn is strange indeed.